This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nelson, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer. The General. Sean McClain. Welcome. Welcome to Utopia. All right, you ready to do some mailbag, John? We got some questions from the listeners here. Absolutely. All right, we do the mailbag in our midweek episode every week, mailbag at gmail.com. That's how you can get in touch with us, and we, we get a lot of questions. We pick the pick the ones that we like the best, but we do save some of them. Some of them are evergreen just fine, but uh, we've got about a half dozen or so here that we're going to go through uh, with John McClain. So let's get it started here. We'll start with Joe Cortez. Hey, guys, went to the game today. So this email came in on Sunday. Went to the game today. Much better atmosphere than years past. Feel great about CJ's progress, even with the backup bowl line. My question is, what is the record for rookie QB's passing attempts without an interception to start a season? I don't know. I should look that up probably, John, before I we started the podcast. Maybe I'll look it up here while we're doing this thing. Um, but that might be the part for me that's most impressive about CJ Stroud is his ability to uh, – his ability to avoid mistakes, no interceptions yet, yet. Nobody has dropped a ball right in their hands and uh, that he threw a bad pass. He threw a couple that Colts were close to, but I think not just his poise under pressure, but his accuracy and the way he's getting rid of the ball so quick. If Josh Jones, I think it was Jones that had a penalty that rubbed out a long pass to Collins as well as a touchdown pass to Tank Dale. And uh, plus he gave up a couple of sacks. And I think that he has been very smart with the ball. A lot of that's coaching from offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick and quarterback coach uh, Draw Johnson. But he's careful. And he's not shy about throwing the ball. You know, I still can't get over. He had a bad shoulder. He didn't know on Friday if he'd play. On Sunday morning, he didn't know how well he would play, even though he did. And I went back and watched every throw, Sean, and I couldn't tell one time, okay, I can tell his shoulders bothering him. I didn't see that at all. I haven't found anything right now that I don't like about C.J. Stroud. Maybe that'll change. There have been other quarterbacks early in their career, shot out of the gate. But, man, oh, man, this kid is so impressive on many fronts, including behind the scenes because I asked for this column I was doing about uh, to Robert Woods, D'Amico, tell us something behind the scenes that we don't see that is impressive about Stroud. And everybody talks about how he conducts himself, the way he handles people, 
you know, he took the blame for his linemen, tried to praise them, and, you know, we didn't laugh. But, I mean, he was serious. Then one time he's talking about his family in the back of the room. Just everything about C.J. Stroud impresses me, and I've seen a whole lot of quarterbacks here. And right out of the gate, I've never seen one who impressed me like he has. Um, so, uh, we've got a, a, a note from our producer, James Jackson. The Texans have two registered drops on the season so far, John, one by Robert Woods, one by Dalton Schultz. And I remember the Schultz one that was in the game right along Ooh. the near sideline. It was bad. It was bad. Right in his hands. Schultz got to get going, man. Schultz, Schultz is a guy who definitely needs to upgrade his game. Um, I don't know what the record is for most interceptions or most attempts without an interception to start a career, but stat news tells me that CJ Stroud has the most attempts in NFL history for any quarterback without having thrown an interception, 91. Second, Stephen McGee, 82. Craig Dahl, 48. Ben DiNucci, 43. Obviously, this list does not include Those guys are like in the Hall of Fame, right? Pat Mahomes. Well, yeah, these are all guys who've only thrown like 40 passes and they didn't throw any interceptions. So right now, C.J. Stroud has the cleanest record of any quarterback in NFL history in terms of most attempts without an interception. Another It'll thing change. that impresses me, excuse me, Sean, is That's the okay. fact that he and Kyler Murray are the only rookies in history who've completed at least 25 passes in their first two games. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like I said, I haven't seen anything, no turnovers in the red zone. There's some other quarterbacks playing great. There's some other quarterbacks playing poorly. And uh, Texans got a lot of issues, but quarterback is not one of them. It's not no turnovers in the red zone, but he need they do need to score more points when they get down in the red zone. I don't even know that that's on CJ. It feels like they get penalties every time they get yeah, down there. Yeah, about Josh days. Jones, that was a yeah. big one to take away yeah. the touchdown. John, our friend Rick Tindall is emailing the show, and he's not happy with me. I think in particular, but maybe both of us. He says, "I agree to a point where you and John were saying about the coaching, but the opinion that the honeymoon period is over for D'Amico is a big stretch. This team's only won eleven games in three years." and has more wounded than a Civil War reenactment. I don't care that we were favored. This team's going to struggle. You're also way too hard on Slowick. How do you slam him for the lack of success but praise Stroud for almost 400 yards passing? Is Slowick not responsible for the passing game? All that said, I want to see more from the defensive front. Leave Tank Dell in on special teams. Let's dial back the criticism until the team is healthy, and let's see where we, we are then. So what I'd say to Rick, John, who's a good friend of both of ours. He's part of your posse. He even says the posse has spoken, Rick. Um, this is what I would say is that my criticism of Slowick was a very specific one about the pace of the game, the choices of plays, running the football, burning the clock down, just a complete lack of urgency on, on offense. Yeah, CJ threw for a bunch of yards, and Bobby Slowick takes part in that. But I, you know, I can't sit here in a game where they lose by 11 points and say how awesome the, the, the OC was. I just, you know, so that's, that's my, that's my thought on that. Are we being too hard on D'Amico and Bobby Slowick, John? Uh, no, because the team played bad. And, yeah. and in Slowick's case, when I went back and watched it, it was in late in the third quarter yeah. and Chris Myers and Robert Smith, the Fox broadcasters were wondering why they didn't speed it up and why they kept handing the ball off when they were so far behind and Stroud was playing so well. And I can understand why Rick Tindall's upset about the short honeymoons because he and his wife, Carrie, have been on like a 20-year honeymoon. Yeah, I know. He's too nice. Um, all right, Chris in the ATL, he says, I'm here for Sean's rage rant against Bobby Slowick. Dude needs to speed up the tempo. Give me Bobby Fastick, he says. 
<laughs> he goes on to you like that, huh, John? Like yeah, Bobby Fastick. Um, but Stroud has performed admirably under the circumstances. So do you think Slowick is scheming the pace of play for CJ's development to help with processing and reading the defense? And each week that CJ continues to improve, maybe Slowick speeds it up. That's my hope, at least. Do you think any of that slow pace they were doing, John, was with purposefulness about CJ Stroud? I don't think CJ doesn't strike me as a guy who can't handle tempo. They were doing tempo during the game on Sunday. Maybe they were just trying to get the running game going because they thought they were going to get bait. No, that's yeah. not the that's not the answer. Slowick was really good when he talks on Thursday with the coordinators. We'll ask him on Thursday, and I'm sure he'll address it. Why were they playing so slow and running the ball in the third quarter when they were so far behind? And I'm sure he'll take the blame for it. But when it comes to Stroud, he's done a tremendous job. So has, has Gerard Johnson because they're coaching him. And uh, I, I, boy, I just can't say enough good things about the way Stroud is playing so far. Hope he keeps it going this weekend against Jacksonville. Maybe they can get the upset. All right, let's keep it moving. Pharmacist Glenn, we got a couple emails about Dalton Schultz, John. People are not happy with Dalton Schultz. Pharmacist Glenn says, what do you think the reason uh, the reason appears to why do you, what do you think the reason is there appears to be no chemistry between CJ Stroud and Dalton Schultz? I was hoping he'd give the team the same kind of safety net that Owen Daniels did back in the day. One observation on my part, this is Glenn saying this, I attended every open training camp practice this year, as I always do. Many days after practice, Stroud, Dell, Nico, John Mechie, they'd stay after and run drills together. I never saw Schultz do this. Could that be a possible contributing factor? So, um, and then there's Dave Howard, John, who says that he's going to be Dalton bleeping Schultz by the middle of the season this year. <laughs> um, That's so a good just, one, I guess, Dave. Yeah. So what? So just thoughts, John, on um, on Dalton Schultz and the slow start that he seems to have with C.J. Stroud. Well, I don't have any idea, but I'm guessing, like on that drop, he was looking down the field. He wanted to catch that ball on the sideline, take off. You know, guys drop passes. He's a veteran. He's on a one-year make-it deal. You know, he's got a lot. He needs to have a good season, so he's got a chance to make money. But the Cowboys let him walk. They had had him as a franchise, and they let him walk instead of signing him to a kind of deal he was looking for. Now, it's two games. Maybe he'll play better. It's obvious the rapport between C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins is through the roof. And Robert Woods is making a lot of clutch catches. Tank Dell should have had two touchdowns, not for a penalty. I like what they're doing with the wide receivers. And right now, you know, they're struggling at tight end. And they're not running the ball, and they're behind, so they have to throw it a lot. So you'd think the tight ends would figure into it. But what I liked about him and Nico is all those were quick drops. He was firing the ball, hitting Nico in full stride. Nico at 6'4", was breaking some tackles. Can't wait to see what the Jaguars are going to do to take away those quick slants. It might open up some deep routes. Next one, Joe wants us to rank a handful of teams who are off to different starts, a couple 2-0 starts, a few 0-2 starts. Ranking things on a podcast is awkward to me um, just because I'm I'm basically listing off teams to John, and John's having to remember which teams I'm saying to him. So instead, John, what I thought I'd do is just a quick impromptu for real or fugazi with you on these six teams, and you tell me there, there, there's a few 0-2s, there's a 2-0, there's a 1-1. And you tell me, for real or Fugazi, are the records these teams have indicative of what they're going to be by the end of the season? For real means they are indicative. Fugazi means, no, that record is fake. They're going to be better or worse than what the record is. Okay, so you ready, John? Quick impromptu for, for real or Fugazi. The Commanders are 2-0, and John. Is that a for real 2-0, and or are they going to be a Fugazi? It's a Fugazi. Yeah. They're, I, they, 
they have had two big comeback victories against two bad teams, and they're in the same division with a couple other 2-0 and teams, <laughs> the Eagles and the Cowboys, who, John, they are not Fugazi, either of those teams. No. Bengals are 0-2. Are they a for real 0-2, or are they Fugazi? I'm going to say for real. Doesn't mean they're going to be winless, but Joe right. Burrow's got issues with his calf. When you see a guy over there rolling a vibrator on his calf between plays, you know that's an issue. And he could also – it could affect him the rest of the season. So, I'm not – I still – I picked Baltimore to win the division, win the Super Bowl. I'm sticking with them. Uh, right now it looks like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Cleveland will be fighting for second last. But I'm not thinking that the Bengals are a lock to go to the – win the division or go to the playoffs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That was a vibrator he was rolling on his calf there, John? Is that what you call that? Not that I've ever seen one, but uh, that's what it looked like to me. That's what somebody told you it was? Okay, gotcha. Um, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, John, they are 0-2. For real or Fugazi? I think that's uh, Fugazi. I think they just get too much talent. Brandon Staley's getting blasted, of course, as being the first coach who's going to be fired. You had a great quarterback in Justin Herbert. I think they will be a wild card team. John, they, the, some of the, the stats on their first two losses this year are incredible. There's an article in The Ringer, like a summary article of week two, and there have been – what was one of them? There have been 30 the, – the, the Bengals – Bengals, the Chargers are the 33rd team since some year here recently. The 33rd team, maybe in league history, it might be, to score 50 points – with zero turnovers in their first two games, like 50 combined or more, and not turn the ball over, they're the first ones to go 0-2 in the history wow. of the league. To have done well, that. I feel good about my Fugazi. About yeah, their Fugazi. Yeah, no, and there's other, there were other stats I had in this article that are just – I don't recall all of them, but it was it's remarkable that they're 0-2 at this point, just put it that way. Uh, the Giants, he has the Giants in here 1-1. One one. So, you know, 1-1 one one means you're a 500 team. For real or Fugazi on the Giants, John? Yeah, I'm a for real. I think one and one, they end up like eight and nine. Yeah. I didn't think they were for real last year. They did it. Brian Dable did a great job, but I just don't seem to be talented enough to stay in the running with Dallas or Philadelphia like they did last year. Broncos are 0 and 2 for real or Fugazi? Boy, I hope for real. I want to see them do poorly. Yeah, me um, too. They got clock management issues. And somebody should I... ask Sean Payton, well, you know, you got. Clock management issues, just like uh, uh, what's Nathaniel, Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, Hackett. What say you? But uh, uh, he should be embarrassed. Uh, Joe put the Texans in here, John. I don't know if this is a rib on us or not, but Texans own two for real or Fugazi? For real. All the rankings I've seen have them as the worst team in the league right now, even worse than Arizona. That's not good. We thought, well, they play the NFC South. That's going to be an easy schedule. Uh, three of them three, are undefeated. Three of them are 2-0. and oh. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, which brings us to the last question, John, from Corby. So which games will the Texans be favored in the rest of the way? Zero. You think zero? 
zero. I don't know, John. If they get it, if they get their guys back, get it straightened out, I think they could be favored over Arizona. They won't be favored in any road games, of course. I think they could be favored over Arizona at home. Yeah, I forgot about Arizona. They That'll play Arizona. You're right. That's the only one. They play Denver at home. Yeah, Denver beat them last year. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I just don't see them being favored. They're going to have to make a big turnaround. On them. It's just one game, Sean, but everybody was fired up after yeah. the 25-9 loss about how good the run defense was. Yeah. And and uh, and then this one, it was just such a letdown. They had, they played like, oh, Anthony Richardson might run the ball. Like they didn't even know it. No, John, he was untouched until MG, MJ Stewart concussed him at the goal line. He was untouched on both of those carries. It was embarrassing. It was. It, I mean, there's just there's no two ways about it. <laughs> if you watch the tape, you'll see Will Anderson go firing up field, oh. and when Richardson went around the right corner, Anderson's back was to him. Yeah, it, no, dude, it was bad. It was so bad. 